It is Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. This is U62 The Targ. Let's do it! As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, Star Wars Day is on the horizon, so we're just going to ramble about Star Wars. It's episode 10.03, talking about Star Wars. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. I'll warn you right up front, in this episode, I'm going to be doing nothing but ranting about Star Wars. The week that this episode goes online is the week of Star Wars Day in the year 2020. May 4th, 2020 is Star Wars Day because of the Punnett forms. May the 4th be with you. Ha ha ha. I used to hate Star Wars Day for the longest time just because of that. But you know, this past decade has been really good for Star Wars. We got a whole new trilogy. We got five new movies total. We got two brand new Star Wars cartoons all in the past 10 years. And you know what? I could just not be cynical anymore. You know, it's an excuse to celebrate one of the most popular fandoms with friends that I love. So why do I keep hating on Star Wars Day? You know, it's like the one lady said in that one movie, this is how we win. We don't fight what we hate, we save what we love. So let's enjoy this Star Wars Day and always invoke such great memories such as the summer of 1999. I will never forget the summer of 1999. I graduated from college and that was when The Phantom Menace came out. I mean, I've told this story before. The Phantom Menace was pretty much my college grad party. Once we got our diplomas, we all went up to the movie theater there in Camrose, and we all stood in line for eight hours to be the first to see Star Wars Episode One. A couple years ago, I finally got a copy of the Camrose Canadian where they interviewed me. And here's Mark Kappas, who came all the way from Entwistle to see The Phantom Menace in Camrose. Mark, why? Because I went to college here, man, and this is my grad party. Woo! Charge our Binks rules! Yeah, you know, that's the thing, right? I am an episode one apologist. I still love The Phantom Menace because my memories of that movie are so intertwined with that memories of my summer that I cannot separate the two. In fact, that's what I did last year because last year was the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. I binge-watched the entire prequel trilogy on Star Wars Day because I'd never binged the prequel trilogy, and I did. And I still love it. So please, let's stop hating on May the 4th. Let's just all celebrate this one thing we love called Star Wars. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Well then, we may as well get to it. What were my thoughts on the sequel trilogy? We've had 
Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Just as this whole COVID thing started breaking out, that's when Amazon delivered my Blu-ray of The Rise of Skywalker, so I've watched it a few times now, and I have some thoughts. I made this observation about superhero trilogies back in the 2000s. Spider-Man is the best example of this. When you have a trilogy, here's how it tends to go. The first one is an awkward mashup of the origin story and the best-known storyline. The second one usually winds up being the best one because now that you're free of all the origin and best-known storyline baggage, you can just really dig into these characters and find out what makes them kick. And then in the third and final one, the general attitude tends to be, screw it, this is the last one, let's just throw in all the fan service that all the fans want. This new Star Wars sequel trilogy sure seems to follow that trend. The Force Awakens, we get our origin story, we meet Rey, we meet Finn and all the new players, and it's a mashup of the best-known storyline, blowing up the Death Star. The second one, Last Jedi, wound up being one of the most divisive films in the franchise because a lot of people did not like the new direction that they took these new characters in. They brought back Luke Skywalker. They didn't like what they did with Luke and so on and such forth. And the rise of Skywalker, as much as I love the rise of Skywalker, there is so much fan service in there. You want Chewie to get a medal? Fine. Chewie gets a medal. You want Kylo Ren and Rey to kiss? Fine. They kiss. Who else can we bring back from the original trilogy to smile and wave? Uh, Blando? Wicked? There you go. So, but at the end of the day, I can't hate it because the rise of Skywalker still made me cry. So how can you hate a movie that had that much of an emotional impact on you? That's the thing with this new Star Wars trilogy. Each and every one made me cry, and it always made me cry at the exact same moment, when Luke Skywalker comes back. When he returns, it's such a nostalgic, emotional gut punch that I just can't help but the waterworks start flowing. So yeah, Force Awakens, I liked it. Last Jedi, I liked it. Rise of Skywalker, definitely the weakest of this new trilogy because, again, when it starts off, they hit you with so much new stuff and you're going left and right all over the place as they put all the players in their places for our final steps in our final battle. It takes a lot to get to where they're going. And, yeah, we finally got some answers about Ray's parentage, but, you know, they were kind of unsatisfying. But, you know, when it comes to answering questions, J.J. Abrams has always given us unsatisfying answers. Uh, the first case study has to be the season finale of Lost, the series finale, pardon me, because was anything ever answered on that show? I don't think so. But at the end of the day, I did thoroughly enjoy this new Star Wars sequel trilogy. There's something in each and every film for you to love. So just give it a chance. Who knows? Maybe for this Star Wars day, as I'm still unemployed and in self-isolation, maybe I'll binge the entire sequel trilogy. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Go do disgusting things to that boy. On U62. The Targ. Now it's time for the streaming report where I tell you all about what I've been watching on the uh, streaming services these days. So since the theme is Star Wars, let's talk about some of the Star Wars shows that have been showing up on Disney+. Plus. Uh, their first streaming offering was, of course, The Mandalorian. 
I'm not going to lie, it took me a while to get into The Mandalorian. I mean, my favorite aspects of the Star Wars universe have always been the Jedi Knights, the lightsabers, and then the space battles, the dogfights between X-Wings and TIE Fighters. So I will admit a show about one of the bounty hunters really didn't capture my attention at first. Then, you know, Baby Yoda came along and, oh, Baby Yoda's oh so cute. So it took me a while to warm up to The Mandalorian. It was episode three or episode four where I was finally on board. That's the one where he's on that farming planet, and he meets up with that woman on the run, Cara Dune, and they team up in order to uh, save this farming village from these marauders who are terrorizing them with an old ATST. When I saw that episode, I finally went, oh, that's what this show is. It's the fugitive in the Star Wars universe. They're on the run looking for a safe haven, stopping to help people along the way. Okay, now I get it. And then I was on board for the rest of the show. So Mandalorian, very, very awesome. Season two is going to be dropping this October. I can hardly wait. The second streaming offering that uh, Disney Plus has offered us in the Star Wars universe is the final season of The Clone Wars. So let me bring you up to speed. So Star Wars The Clone Wars, an animated series that premiered in the late 2000s, kind of filling in the gap between Episode 2 and Episode 3, telling us what happened in the epic Clone Wars. When Disney bought Star Wars back in 2012, first thing they did was they canceled the Star Wars The Clone Wars TV show. That was just Disney's way of saying, we're in charge now, we're going to decide the future of this. But a lot of people were upset that the Clone Wars never got a proper series finale. So that's what this new season on Disney Plus has been about, giving it a proper final season. Now, I will admit, this is my controversial Star Wars hot take. I never really cared for the Clone Wars. I know there's a lot of people out there, they start foaming at the mouth. Oh man, this totally... This totally redeems the prequels because it finally explains what George Lucas was going for. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I guess. But, you know, it's good, but I never found it foaming at the mouth good. I mean, way back there in 2007 when the animated movie hit theaters. See, George Lucas thought the Clone Wars TV show was so good, it could be a movie. So they took the first four episodes, edited them together into a movie, and then put that into theaters in the summer of 2007. Like every other Star Wars movie, I was there opening weekend. I saw it. I don't care about how good the TV series became. The Clone Wars animated movie is not a good movie. I mean, we all love Baby Yoda, but there was no love for Baby Jabba there in the Clone Wars movie. And although Ahsoka Tano has become this real breakout character in the Star Wars universe, in that original Clone Wars animated movie, she is every stereotype of the annoying kid sidekick. So I walked out of the theater back in 2007 going, you know what, Star Wars, you and me, we are done. And that just turned me off of catching the Clone Wars for the longest time. Uh, they finally dropped it on Netflix in 2013. I watched the first three seasons, took about two years off, then came back and watched the last three seasons. I mean, a two-year break, you can tell how hooked I was that I took two years off. But at the end of the day, I'm glad I watched it because when the Clone Wars characters started showing up on the cartoon Star Wars Rebels, I knew who they were and what they were all about. So it all made sense. And this final season has been good as well because they are starting to tee up more stuff for Rebels. And of course, because this final episode, it's taking place parallel to Revenge of the Sith. 
and explaining what the Clone Wars characters were doing throughout that. So it's nice to see some payoffs. It's nice to see some emotional arcs. And I guess that's my final assessment of the Clone Wars. It's good, I guess. If you like it, good for you. But me, you know, it really didn't, you know, add anything new to the Star Wars mythology for me. And that's the streaming report. You're listening to Mark Kappas. That young man fills me with hope and some other emotions that are weird and deeply confusing me. On U62, the Targ.
From the Last Jedi soundtrack, that is The Rebellion is Reborn here on U62 The Targ. That is perhaps the best example of Rose Tico's theme. You know, Rose wound up being such a hated and divisive character, but man, John Williams sure wrote a lovely theme for her. And that's all one of the final things about, uh, you know, the rise of Skywalker. Legendary film composer John Williams has said he is officially going to retire after the rise of Skywalker. So that is his last film score so thank you very much for all your great music john williams it's amazing because of how the last jedi and the rise of skywalker wound up being so divisive there's this new kind of movement going on in the star wars fandom and that is there's this whole new appreciation for the prequels the sequels have been so bad to some people that they're making the prequel trilogy look better by comparison and it's weird because usually people are all like oh the prequels were good after you've watched the clone wars and you see the clone wars filling all the gaps they're not even adding that caveat anymore they're just like the prequels are better than the sequels period and I've been expecting this for quite some time. A couple years ago, I was reading this article online from McLean's Magazine. If I can find it, maybe I'll throw up the link on my Facebook page in my Twitter feed. Uh, the article had a very clickbaity title like, I hate to break it to you, but Star Wars sucks. I clicked on that link and I read it anyways, but it actually posed a very interesting question. When Star Wars first came out in the late 70s and early 80s, it was dismissed by a lot of people as being just a dumb kids movie. So how did Star Wars evolve from being this dumb kids movie into this pop culture touchstone? What changed? Well, it was quite obvious. That's because all the kids who watched it grew up and are now my age, and we are the ones running this universe. We are the dominant demographic right now. So I think the same thing is going to happen with the prequels. Give it about 20 years. Well, it has been about 20 years since the prequels now. And all the kids who grew up with the Star Wars prequels as their trilogy, when they start coming of age, you're going to start seeing this whole new appreciation for the prequels. And that's what's happening now. The people who grew up with the prequels are embracing that as their trilogy and rejecting the sequels as a new trilogy that craps all over the legacy. So you know what? Give it another 20 years from now and we'll probably get a whole new appreciation for the sequels. That's the good thing about Star Wars. There is so much out there now. You will always find something to love. And that's what the lady tells us. Don't fight what you hate. Save what you love. And I think I'll end it right there because I have nothing more to say. Uh, don't forget, you can always follow me online, Twitter at chaosinabox.com, Facebook at officialchaosinabox.com. New episodes go up every Sunday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as always, thanks for listening. I'm Mark Capps. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.
Okay, now maybe we can talk about bringing back Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs>